We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nikhami, entrepreneur, founder, and CEO of my very own beauty brand, Carmela Cosmetics, and business consultant. This is We Are Women, Beauty Redefined, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast features different women whose names you probably recognize. You've seen them, been following them, and might even think that they've always had it together. Listen in to hear the women you know and love share their journeys with self-acceptance and self-love, discovering their unique beauty and confidence in a society that for so long has focused on exemplifying a specific beauty standard. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of red and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night on We Are Women, Beauty Redefined. I met Samantha Proffer a few years ago, pre-COVID, and I could see right away that she was a powerhouse with a depth of knowledge and expertise in the beauty and entrepreneurial space. Sam is a celebrity hairstylist, entrepreneur, and influencer with clients all around the U.S. During this interview, Sam and I had a really authentic and meaningful conversation around the idea of beauty, comparison, and self-love. Sam shared her journey from growing up as a tomboy to becoming a glamorous and sought-after hairstylist by public figures and clients from all walks of life. Sam got super real and spoke about how she deals with the days that she doesn't feel beautiful. She also shared what she learned from working with women from all walks of life and how the women in her life have contributed to the way that she sees herself. I can't wait for you to hear this episode. Sam shares super relatable stories and mindset mentalities in regards to beauty and self-image. And it's always such an educational experience learning from someone who is truly in the trenches every day. Let's dive on in. I was actually an athlete and more of like a tomboy. Um, I played volleyball, basketball, and soccer. And I went to a very small private school. So we weren't like a a high up team, but we did well for our school and um, our level, I guess. And I guess I was really focused on sports and my school was really small. So we only had 180 kids K through 12th grade. So um, I guess I was a little bit in like a bubble and I just did school and sports and, and that was it. Wow. It's so funny. I feel like things happen in patterns. And I was just speaking with other women who are super glamorous like you and beautiful. And they also were tomboys growing up. Uh-huh. So yeah, like I had glasses and it was it was a sight. So what was your journey like to become a hairstylist and, and a very successful one at that, right? You work with uh, high profile clients. You're traveling all the time. Um, how did you get into that? Um, it was interesting because I went to a very small school. It was college prep. So basically it was geared towards you going to college. And, um, my mom is um, a therapist and my dad is an entrepreneur. So my whole life, I had two different sides. I had do what you love and I had go to school and I learned so much in, in, school like high school and whatnot and I did take some college courses but it wasn't for me I was very much more the entrepreneurial type and I didn't like having to be somewhere like 
at a certain time and like have like to go get books and stuff I am way more like diverse than that and and way more um artistic luckily our school had a lot of arts so I I did photography mosaics um ceramics like photography my whole like childhood and through middle school and um, upper school and so that really led me to knowing that I wanted something more than just like college and so I tried it and did it for my mom and um my dad was that mentality of just do what you love because you're going to do it forever. So I loved getting my hair done and I loved the atmosphere and the creativity that a salon had. And actually my grandpa was like my best friend and, and we spent a lot of time together and he would just take me to the salon and say, yeah, just do whatever you want to do. And I would just go there and um, I don't know, I had such good vibes and I just loved being in that atmosphere. And I went home and I was like, I want to be a hairstylist. And my mom was like, absolutely not. Like you're going to finish school. You're going to be in like, I was going towards business um, degree. And anyways, I conjured into letting me do beauty school and college at the same time. And then I just ended up finishing beauty school really fast and I moved to this area which is like Birmingham and I don't know I just I'm very lucky that I found my passion and my like outlet and happy place because my work isn't even like work to me so that's kind of the how I got to where I am then I just, you know, I assisted, I did, I put in work. It's it's very interesting these days now. I mean, I'm 37 and I started assisting when I was 20 and I got paid like Skittles and did so much work. And there wasn't even like an like hourly thing. It was like, you're going to work this amount of time, like whatever we tell you. And I loved it. So it was fine. Um, But it was very different than this day and age and um I think um doing the work and having the experience is a huge part of life and um your career I think that's more valuable than even some schooling so um I definitely did like the assisting and then I went on to getting my own chair, it's called, in in Beauty World, and I built a clientele, and I had an opportunity to go to Nashville for a client, and I said, I'll just go here and do her and um, see what happens, and I met amazing people, and I still go there every month to this day, so it was, it's almost been or has been eight years that I've been doing that and I've created a wonderful clientele there and with the growth of Nashville that's been like amazing and then I said I really love LA so let me try to do it in LA um and I did that for seven years so I go to each state like once a month and see clients LA now I mean forward this seven years, I now have a child, a six month old. And so 
traveling is much more difficult, but um, I still go to Nashville every month. And now in LA is more like every three months. Wow. How, yeah. okay. So we have, we have a lot to talk about, um, but let's start with how do you balance being a new mom um, with, with your career? Because that seems like a lot to balance right now. <laughs> it's a lot. It is. I have to say um, every, all of my answers are very like long winded in the sense, because I am, I think there's so much um, diversity in my like life and my attitude and the way I handle things. And I try to be really positive, but then there's reality. And so I do it right. Like being a mom is wonderful and um, it's definitely challenging the most challenging thing I've ever done along with having a job um, because when you have a child and everyone who has a child knows this and I didn't know this literally I've heard it my whole life you know like your life changes it truly changes and it's just a different dynamic um, but basically I it's a lot it's a lot of people helping it's a lot of like managing a schedule for 37 years I was very selfish um and I'm thankful for that because I got to travel and live my life and and put my work and my pleasures in the forefront but now it's about the baby for the most part you know and trying to manage um having a career so it is just a balance of a lot of people's help to be honest and trying to bring in systems like being more organized having a schedule that's very like a little more precise than I'm used to because I'm used to just you know I have to be at work at this time and I could do anything I wanted before and after now it's it's truly a schedule so it is it is a lot but it's wonderful but like I was up at uh 4 30 this morning or four feeding the baby and uh you know it's 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 a lot (laughs) yeah yeah no I love that you brought up about um needing other people's help because that's so important people see here's the thing we don't see the behind the scenes right we just see the finished result we see what people want to show on social and we're not showing our you know hired help cleaning the house or you know doing the dishes or whatever it is um so it's that's it's it's great that that you mentioned that because it's true it takes a village so that's important it really does it really really does and and I am an only very independent child so I am that person that likes to do everything myself but with a child you realize you have to delegate and you have to have help or you will like just spin out of control yeah (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Okay, so I want to shift a little bit to the the beauty part of this um, podcast. And sorry if you hear my baby in the background. This is his little (laughs) lovely noises. No worries. Um, so you are, you know, obviously gorgeous, and I noticed that right when I met you a few years ago. By it was pre-COVID, so it was a few years back. So funny, time flies. Um, you. Have you ever struggled with not feeling beautiful? And um, and if yes, how did you shift that thought? Um, 
Wow. I mean, I feel like that's a very loaded question, especially like this day and age. Like, I think, um, yes, of course, of course. I mean, I don't think that, you know, I, I, I want to say I've worked really hard on trying to believe and, and feel beautiful for myself, um, and not really care about what other people think, but with this day and age and Instagram and social media, you know, it kind of, no matter what you do or how confident you are, it can affect you in some way. So yes, of course, there are so many times in life and even now that I have felt less confident or beautiful or, or any, any and all of that. Um, how do I deal with it? Ooh, I mean, I really, really try to stay focused on myself. And I know that that sounds like, like simple, but I try to be like, okay, I am doing the best I can for myself. And if that means like today I went and worked out, I had an hour to work out. I did that for myself. Um, I try to say, you know, I'm never going to be like Kim Kardashian or Kylie Jenner. I am like myself. So I have to love what I have. I have no other option. You know, of course you can do like cosmetic things to adjust yourself in, in little ways or whatnot. Um, which I have because I, I mean, I feel like you should do whatever makes you feel beautiful or help you feel beautiful. Um, but it really is like a mindset of kind of not caring so much about what other people think. But you really have to like say like, I don't, I don't, it's not even that it's that you care what other people think. It's that you are just who you are and you can't be anyone else. So you have to love like your skin, yourself the best you can. Yeah. It's like focusing on what you have and your, the body that you've been gifted and instead of focusing on what you don't have and what other people have. Yeah. And we obviously like have, we are very critical of ourselves the most. And some people don't even see what we have like issues with, with ourselves. So I try to like, also think like that, like, okay, I'm super critical about, you know, this, but another person doesn't see it. So I need to, that's like a me thing. I know there's a lot of tools. I mean, I'm, I'm all about adjusting and trying to do whatever like you need mentally to feel beautiful in order for it to also like have your appearance be beautiful because I find beauty in everyone I mean everyone's also like script or version of beautiful is different so I find beauty in everyone and I try to also you know find that beauty in myself like hey I might be like more funny than skinny or whatever you know I try to like just balance um my mental positive be positive about what I feel positive about and and other people are going to judge you like you could do the best you're doing right you could feel the prettiest you are and someone could say like you're ugly So you have to really, really be okay with yourself and 
I guess that's what I've worked on so much in the past few years. I'm still, of course, don't feel beautiful every day or a lot of the time, but <laughs> I, you know, I tell myself that I am and I try to like fake it till you make it mentality to your mind. Yeah, because our mind is a very powerful tool. We don't even realize how how powerful it is. I mean, it could change the way we feel about ourselves, like you're saying. It could enable us to do things that we never thought we could achieve, you know? So yes. I love that, that you're, you know, talking about that because those mindset shifts, they're so powerful. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of things with Instagram and like what we all like, consider beautiful is a lot of editing and is a lot of false advertising. So I try very hard to stay super true to like who I am and what I am. I love like obviously a filter in some sense and um you know editing here and there like little bits but I want someone to like meet me and be like wow that's the same person I see on the internet. And unfortunately, I've met a lot of people that don't look like the people that are on the internet. And I feel very strongly about being okay with myself enough to not be so different, alter myself so much. Right, for sure. Yeah, it's honestly crazy when I I see that as well. And it's it's so deceiving and also you're not doing yourself a favor by by editing yourself to that extent right mm-hmm. um, sometimes I I see people will post pictures or videos um of themselves before they're at something and then I see them at it and I'm like wow they like truly I am I the only one that like sees the difference and, <laughs> and hey whatever makes you feel right right like or good I so if you want to do it you want to do it but I'm just so much more okay with not being perfect yeah I guess. yeah which I mean I I don't know I just that this is part of the like I I lean on a cusp of so many like loving like the Instagram world and hating it and being in like I lived in the normal world before there was Instagram and now I live in this very altered world so I guess I have a a skewed perception of uh what reality is right (laughs) and I think being in LA a lot also you see um differences there and the it's sad because I think it's like pressure that people feel to look a certain way and they have to feel like editing themselves to what they think is perfect. And that's just not real. Right. And I guess that's, I, I come like from the therapy side of my mom, I guess. And I'm just like, that's so unhealthy. <laughs> By the way, my mom's also a therapist, so I, I can relate to that. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, to having a mom as a therapist, it's like a whole oh, other, it's well, like... <laughs> a whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know, you've worked with women from all different parts of the world. You know, some very well known and all really beautiful in their own way. So, as a hairstylist, I'm sure you've heard 
from many women about their struggles with, with their self-image, even if they didn't say it straight as a hairstylist, you're almost like a therapist. You know what I mean? And so what have you learned from seeing that even the most beautiful women struggle with their self-image? Yes. I see it every day. You know, I guess because I'm so in it, I, I just try to make them feel beautiful and try to help what they think are their issues I don't know if it's so much I know like I I see it in every girl you know and across the ages and across the variation of you know races like it's not just one like like I see 16 year olds and I see 75 year olds and across the board like there are you know women just were very critical of ourselves So when they come to me, I obviously hear, we are therapists, so I hear everything. But for the most part, I just try to play on what they want to change. So I can only do so much, you know, I, I wish I could do more, but you know, a a big thing I do are hair extensions. And that's one thing that I think really helps women feel more secure and more confident is having more hair, which seems very interesting, but um, I can see their personalities and their confidence change instantly when I have someone that has like finer hair and I give them even just a couple of extensions for thickness. And I see them in a month for like their maintenance and they're like, oh my God, I wish I did this years ago. Like, this makes me feel so beautiful. I'm so happy. Like, I'll never live without them. And that makes me feel so amazing because I feel like I'm doing such a little thing, but it helps someone so much. So I guess that's like the vision or the view I have from that for that question. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's amazing how, like you're you're calling it a little thing, but whatever you want to call it, um, an external, a small external action or you know a little help, um, can really help us feel better and more confident as women. It's it's yeah. really amazing if you think about it. How far it goes. Yeah. yeah. So, as as a child or as growing up, I should say, did you feel pressure to look like quote unquote society's version of beautiful? Because, you know, we're all surrounded by, especially you growing up in the secular world, right? You, I'm sure you were exposed to TV and, and magazines and stuff like that. So, so how did that make you feel? You know, I have to say, I think because I lived in that bit of a bubble when I was younger, and I'm saying anything before I was 18, I really didn't feel any struggles to look a certain way. I, and I grew up in like a smaller town along, like it wasn't a big city. So I wasn't exposed to maybe more than obviously I am now. Um, but, and social media was not a thing when I was younger. Um, so I don't feel like I did. I mean, now I look back and I'm like, wow, girl, like you wore your glasses, like, way too much and stuff or like you could have like fixed your hair a little and whatever but I I don't know I was literally just drowned in sports and like 
my family and friends. I, I truly, I will say when I remember there being a shift in like, when you start to like question, like what you feel or how you look was when I moved to a bigger area. Um, it, it's very interesting, uh, to me what changed in out of my little bubble, uh, to when I came to this area, um, people cared a lot more about what you had, what you looked like, who you were. And I grew up in such a, that was non-existent. Like, and, and I don't know if I, I guess I didn't grow up in, I grew up in super diverse, but the, the bubble was, um, very everyone had the same like status and same priorities and same education in a sense so I don't know when I came to a bigger city it was just like I'll just I'll remember this one thing it was I I had like a Chanel purse and it was my mom's and it was like a vintage one and I had it and someone said to me like, wow, you have a Chanel bag. Like, oh my gosh. And I was like, okay, yeah, I, I do. Like, I, I mean, okay. And it almost like then turned into like, the more I realized it, like people felt like they were something special because they had a Chanel bag or they drove a certain car. And I guess my childhood, that was never, ever like, put up against me or my thoughts so that's kind of like something that sticks in my mind about when things kind of shifted for what became more important to people than what I was raised in yeah wow so how did that how did you kind of um incorporate that into your psyche and and work with that because that's kind of difficult you know I I think that's that's a little bit of a challenge for everybody when that happens, that shift from coming from a small town to, you know, the big city or whatever. Yeah. And this isn't even that big of a city, but, and I had traveled all around the world. So I had been exposed to lots and I, I grew up in like Flint, Michigan. So I was very diverse. Um, I guess, you know, I like, it still is the same way I feel now is I love things right I love fashion I love beauty I love traveling I love nice cars but they don't like make me and I think because I was raised by two parents that like that's the furthest thing that's important to them it it helped that it was like such an extreme that um I kind of find the balance with being very grounded to knowing like okay, these things aren't important. And maybe that's what leads me into like my confidence in my, my beauty, quote unquote, or anything that I do, I kind of lean towards, you know, certain things aren't important and certain things are more important. And those were just my values of how I was raised. Yeah, for sure. No, that makes total sense. It's so funny because I remember when I first went to college abroad, I grew up in Southfield. So, you know, it's small in a small community where they were not into 
um, at least at the time for sure, they were not into name brands and fancy stuff. And then I went to college and I was surrounded by girls from all over who mm-hmm. were very into these things. So I had this, a similar kind of, you know, I had to kind of uh, merge my t- the two worlds and see like where right. I felt comfortable. So I could totally relate to that. And, and that's, and it's a hard thing now that like at that same shift, social media also became a thing. So then it was almost like people put these things on social media to like, I, I'm going to use the word, I, it's a bad word, but like not show off, but you know, like if you have something, they, they put it on the internet and yes. and it's hard for me to not get stuck in that because the things I have and do I work very hard for, and they just are things I love. I don't feel like I need to have a certain bag or a, a certain anything to be accepted but I like those things so it falls in this weird place where then I just kind of I'm like whatever I'm posting whatever I want because this is where the whole part of like the judgment thing comes in play and I'm just like listen I am who I am I'm I'm a really like pretty solid person and I know that and so if someone wants to judge me on the internet differently then that's on them but I so I definitely feel like the shift for the past few years of social media and like either your travels or what you wear have become so much more predominant and in everyone's face. But at the same time, these are things that like I love and I've had or I've worked really hard for. So that's just like a a side note to this struggle and balance of what's you know important and what's not in this new found world of ours yeah yeah it's crazy how what are your Instagram boundaries like how do you how do you decide what you're going to post and share and what you're not going to I really don't think about it that much and I just post what I want and what I feel and sometimes it's in in the moment and sometimes I like live such a crazy life that I just post everything like at night that was from that day um but I kind of feel like I fell in this place of people um look up to me a little bit or towards my like style or my fashion or what I eat or whatever and they they like what I share and so I just want to, I'm there for the people that want to like be there for what I, I share, you know? So I just do what I, not everything in my life, obviously, but um, I, I don't really have a boundary necessarily, but I also don't paint like a beautiful, to me, I don't paint like a beautiful picture. It's pretty much like my true like life. Yeah. Like reality. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it's beautiful reality though. You know, it's, it's, I, I appreciate how you post, by the way, I really do. You're one of the accounts that I really truly enjoy following because it's a mixture of like your glam life with, you know, the hair and stuff, but also like your family and just friends and cute things. So I definitely appreciate that. Thanks. You know, I've spoken with so many women throughout the past few years, especially um, in relation to 
um, to my beauty brand and different things. And people have told me, have shared how they have felt invisible or they felt unseen in different moments of their life, um, whether it was because of, you know, a chronic illness, condition, just they felt, or maybe they just felt different than people around them or whatever it was. Have you ever struggled with not feeling seen? You know what? I, I don't know that I've ever thought about that truly, but I, I think if I just like think about it quickly, um, I think being an only child and being very independent, it's less of you care about being seen rather that you feel invisible. You're almost like geared to like be not alone, but you have a mechanism that is like, you're okay with yourself in a lot of moments. Obviously, if you think about social media and being invisible, yeah, there's a lot of people that I guess I sometimes wonder like why is this person popular and maybe like I'm not there so I guess it comes in play now but then I kind of like then I'm like the reality Samantha and I'm like well listen this person could have a false illusion of what either their followers are or their life is so I guess I don't know I, I that's a kind of a hard question I've yeah never thought about it no but I I appreciate that you brought up that idea of looking at other people and then feeling invisible because they seem to be doing better or they seem to be more successful or popular because that's a very common one I don't think enough of us want to admit it because you're kind of so kudos to you for saying that um yeah. Because it, it makes us feel like, oh, maybe we're not popular, but first of all, you are, you know what I mean? Like, you know, if, if you, <laughs> um, but, but like, if, if we compare ourselves to others, we're always going to feel less than, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, like, that can go down like a huge rabbit hole. Yeah. Right? yeah. And like, yeah, there are, um, I, I guess this is where social media plays a, a role in like, putting things to the forefront that you might not like think about or care about which unfortunately like when you're in the social media world at all followers do like like it's a thought you know yeah um but yeah I I, that's a good that's good uh I have to think about that one so what do you tell yourself when during those moments because I I could relate to that also like I felt like that um and so, so what do you tell yourself to like kind of like snap out of that and, mm-hmm. and realize that, no, you are, you are seen by those who matter, you know, stuff like that. You know, I think that's like an ongoing struggle when you're in like, even care a little bit about social media, to be honest. Um, and I think that goes along with like everyone. I think even someone with a million followers. Yeah have those same thoughts or struggles about the person that has 10 million followers. So I think that that's a, a relatable feeling in this, this day and age. Um, what I do, I don't know. I just say like, you know, I am validated sometimes when people tell me like, obviously I see a lot of women a day with my clients and 
most of them like follow me or whatever. And they'll be like, oh, I love that I saw this or wow, that like salad made me think of this or where did you get those shoes or whatever it is. So I guess having my small little micro influence um, is, is enough for me for now, you know, and if I grow more, I grow more, but just this Instagram, you know, it's, it's challenging growth. I know, it's media in general, but. Oh my gosh, totally, totally. And I think we also have to realize that like we have our lives outside social media, yeah. which sometimes we forget, you know what I mean? Like we're so focused yeah. on the growth of our account and the likes or whatever. And it's like, hold on, we have this whole community of people in real life who mm-hmm. love us, who support us. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of which, by the way, how have the people in your life contributed to the way that you see yourself? Well, I mean, my circles are large in a sense, but my very close friends that matter to me are smaller. So I keep a small circle of very positive, same like-minded women around me. And that is very helpful because um, some of them are also, you know, have some of the same struggles. Unfortunately, social media is a, a big thought in my my life. Even my fiance, you know, we thankfully we both share the same common like thoughts and and career-driven social media world. Um so we can banter about it, but also like having the girlfriends that are in that space. Uh I guess a lot of it is talking about business and business is social media for a lot of us. Um, Whether it is that you are like an influencer or you sell a course on Instagram or you put yourself out there for people to, you know, come to your classes. So it's, um, I guess my circle, I would say is very, um, I have a wide diverse circle but the ones close to me were all very like-minded yeah right no it's so important to surround yourself with with people who are healthy and who are going to lift you up and um and and being said that they are all so positive and loving and caring and you know that is a huge support and I think also being an only child my friends are very very important to me and my relationships with them are very important. So they are a huge part of my my life. And they are all obviously very positive and helpful people um, to, to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let me ask you the last question that we ask everyone, which is, what is something that you want to give over to the next generation of women? That's a very loaded question uh I would say finding the peace and love within yourself and knowing that you are beautiful and you are successful and you can do anything that you want that's one thing that I really like to emphasize for women is have something for yourself always and know that you can do anything like literally put your mind to something or come up with an idea and and you can do it and it takes baby steps and then 
you will have, you know, you'll be to your goal in no time. So just, I don't know, there's a lot because I'm like that entrepreneurial person. So there's so many aspects to, I want to empower women to do what they love and love themselves. Yes. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Sam, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you, see your beautiful art creations, hair creations, um, and get to know you more? Instagram at Sam Glam and Glam has two M's. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel, which is Sam Glam. That's pretty much it. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Sam. This was so wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 